With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. Port, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Welcome to 2024. As always, in the month of January, I do a 31-day series entitled 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. In the month of January 2024, we'll be doing that, and today is day one. This year, I'm going to open with some of the key speeches from the Department of Justice in 2023 and how those speeches really portend what DOJ enforcement will look like and equally importantly, what you as a compliance professional will need to do to respond to these new DOJ initiatives. While there were, of course, multiple FCPA enforcement actions from 2023, I really think these speeches from the Department of Justice portend uh, where the DOJ is going with enforcement and give us greater insight to what their expectations were going to be. So we're going to uh, start this month by looking at these key speeches and other initiatives from the Department of Justice, and then we'll move into how you can respond for your compliance program. I know you'll enjoy this month of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, and I know you'll find it informative. Day 14, internal controls. What are internal controls? The best definition I've ever heard comes from Jonathan Marks, who defined internal controls as follows, quote, an internal control is an action or process of interlocking activities designed to support the policies and procedures detailing the specific preventative, detective, corrective, directive, and collaborative actions required to achieve the desired outcomes or objectives. This, along with continuous auditing, continuous monitoring, and training, reasonably assures the following, the achievement of process objectives linked to the organization's objectives, operational effectiveness and efficiency, reliable books and records, compliance with laws, regulations, and policies, and the reduction of risk, fraud, waste, and abuse, which aids in the decline of process and policy variation, leading to more predictive outcomes. What specifically are internal controls in a compliance program? The starting point is the FCPA itself, which requires issuers to devise and maintain a system of internal controls that can reasonably assure, number one, Transactions are executed in accordance with management's general or specific authorization. Number two, transactions are recorded as necessary to permit preparation of financial statements in conformity with generally accepted accounting principles or other criteria applicable to such statements and to maintain accountability for assets. Number three, access to assets is permitted only in accordance with management's general or specific authorization. And number four, the recorded accountability for assets is compared with existing assets at reasonable intervals and appropriate action is taken. The, of course, internal controls were mentioned in the 2020 FCPA Resource Guide, second edition. The 2023 ECCP 
supplemented the definition or mandate with a pair of very pointed questions. Whether a company made significant investigation into its internal controls and have they been tested, then remediated based on the testing. The whole concept of internal controls is that companies need to focus on where the risks, compliance, or otherwise are and then allocate their limited resources to putting controls in place that address those risks. In the compliance world, your two biggest risks are company assets or resources, marketing expense, petty cash, etc., and two, the division of diversion rather of company assets through an unauthorized sales discount, receivables, or write-offs used to pay a bribe. The four significant internal controls for the compliance practitioner to implement initially are number one, delegation of authority, number two, maintenance of the vendor master file, number three, contracts with third parties, and number four, movement of cash and currency. Your delegation of authority should reflect the impact of the compliance risk, including both transactions and geographic locations, so that a higher level of approval for matters involving third parties, for fund transfers, and invoice payments to countries outside the United States would be required inside your company. Number two, or rather next, is the vendor master file, which can be a powerful preventative tool, largely because payments to fictitious vendors are one of the most common occupational frauds and, of course, uh, schemes to fund bribes. The vendor master file should be structured so that each vendor can be identified not only by risk level, but also by the date on which the vetting was completed and the vendor received final approval. There should be electronic controls in place to block payments for any vendor for which vetting has not been approved. Internal controls are needed over the submission, approval, and input of changes to vendor master file. Contracts with third parties can be a very effective internal control that works to prevent nefarious conduct rather than simply act as a detect control. For contracts to provide effective internal controls, however, relevant terms of those contracts, including, for instance, the commission rate, reimbursement of business expense, use of sub-agent, should be made available to those who uh, who process and approve vendor invoices. All situations involving the movement of cash or transfer of monies outside the U.S., including such methods as checks, wire transfers, etc., should be reviewed from the compliance risk to determine how, if at all, it will come into play. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, effective internal controls are required under the FCPA, and if you do not have them, that is a per se FCPA violation, whether or not a bribe was involved. Number two, internal controls are a critical part of any best practices compliance program. Number three, there are four significant internal controls for the compliance practitioner to implement initially. Number one, delegation of authority. Number two, maintenance of your vendor master file. Number three, contracts with third parties. And number four, movement of currency and cash throughout and outside of your organization. Join us tomorrow for day 15, where we discuss the monitoring and improvement of your internal controls. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.